Welcome to the B2B Marketing and Copywriting Podcast. I'm your host, Linda Malone, certified conversion copywriter, copy strategist, and founder of Copyworks. Join me each week as I speak with experts in the fields of marketing, copywriting, decision-making, psychology, and more, all with one goal, to help you attract your ideal customers and inspire them to take action. My guest today is Michael Scott Overholt. Michael is a thought leadership strategist and a copy consultant specializing in guiding coaches and consultants in the personal development industry. He has a background in classics and a PhD focused on ancient forms of self-care and learning, which I'm going to ask him about, of course. He brings a unique blend of academic knowledge and practical expertise to help you thrive in today's dynamic business landscape. He also says he loves collecting vinyl records. And today we are going to focus on community, specifically building a community in LinkedIn. Let's dive right in. Okay, Michael, thank you so much for joining me today. This is going to be a lot of fun. And you're in a library, so you're you're surrounded by words. So this will be great. Surrounded by words. <laughs> Thanks so much. Yeah, we, we met not that long ago, and it's always fun to get to know LinkedIn people, aside from just seeing their little bio picture. And so, yeah, you and I started exchanging barbs. Um, the latest one was on the Metallica Taylor Swift debacle. <laughs> I call it a debacle because I have to I ask you. I think it would make you, a great duet, actually. <laughs> are you really a fan of Metallica? Is it is it all like hard rock or is it just Metallica or did you just wear that shirt to be cool? Now I have to ask. <laughs> um, just wear the shirt to be cool. No, I, I love Metallica. I've got how many finals? I've got four or five finals. I mean, I was listening to uh, 72 months this morning for working out. And um, no, I really like him. I resonate deeply with James Hutfield's lyrics. So I not, am not, I'm a huge hard rock. I would say metal fan, but there's some metal I don't like. Um, but I'm like, I like Godsmack. I like Shine On, uh, Shine Down, some bands okay. like that. And Metallica, I'm kind of on the outskirts of, I, I don't, I know some of the, I know their popular songs, you know, yeah. like, um, Enter, Enter Sandman. Sandman. <laughs> Who doesn't know that one, right? So, <laughs> but what I love about your background is it's so kind of unexpected. And the reason I started commenting on your post on LinkedIn is on your, you know, you have a, a PhD and I'm like, here's this guy, he's got a, a doctor and he's using words like poop and, and <laughs> it's just... <laughs> <laughs> and it cracked me up because I love like meeting people like you who have like obviously are, are you know very smart and you have this degree and yet you're super like casual when you're on the platform. So what is your what is it about your background and can you talk a little bit about your doctorate and why you were drawn to that field? Oh sure. So my background is at a PhD in classics, which means I um, studied Greek and Latin, <clears throat> and my dissertation was on a a piece of, it was actually on a letter that was found written by Galen of Pergamon. It was lost for about a millennium and they found it again in, in um, Greece in a monastery. And um, I got into it because I was, I did an undergraduate degree in religious studies. Started studying Koine Greek, the uh, Greek of the New Testament, loved languages and then was like, yeah, I really, really like the Greek philosophy. Um, I want to read classical Greek. And so it was just a thing of how do I, you know, 
what courses can I take to get there? And then it, by that time I had graduated. And from there it was like, how do I get transcript credit to do graduate work in Greek philosophy? So that's how I got into it. And um, there, I mean, the reason that I can, I use colloquial language is because my focus was on Platonic philosophy and they're all, they're all dialogues. It's, it's Socrates speaking at street level with other you know, important people. And he's always, he's so funny. He's always using words like, like I can, I mean, I found the word fart in Greek um, that he was using in the Theotetus. And that was what I ended up writing the first part of my dissertation on. So it's, it's, you speak the language that you, of the audience that you're conversing with. And that's just mm -hmm. the number one rule, no matter what, what you're doing. It's just interesting because it's such, I mean, you have to be dedicated to go for, a PhD in anything, and then to have it be kind of this esoteric, like, were you just planning on teaching? Like, what, did you have mm -hmm. a, a goal with the degree? Was it teaching? Yeah, goal is to teach, and I, I reached the goal. I just, um, I had a certain couple of life quakes, as they call them, I guess, in the coaching world, you know, where there were major life disruptions that took me out of the academy. But I, I live in Iowa City. Um, the University of Iowa is here, and I, I take part in academic um, events when I can, whether they're lectures or um, book book readings at um, Prairie Light, which is one of our best uh, local booksellers. And so um, I'm very, very much still, I think, involved intellectually with the university, but not um, from in, an actual employment place. And how did you end up on LinkedIn? Like you have, so you have your business. How do you pronounce it? Anabasis. Yeah, it's, it's Greek. Yeah, it's Greek for the the ascent or the inward journey. And how did that come about, your business? Uh, well, um, this is one of the life clicks. So I was told in June of last year that the university was not going to be able to renew my contract. And... For those in the teaching world, that's a death sentence in terms of your teaching because all of the contracts and the um, interviews are done like in April at the latest, normally like March and April. So I was past getting any other type of teaching position. So I, I had started up a freelance content writing business on the side in February of that same year. And when when I saw this come around, I was like, you know what? I'm I've got to throw myself into it um, entirely. And and part of it too was I I went through a divorce, and I just needed to make a lot more money than what um, teaching provides because um, teaching is voluntary poverty. So um, <laughs> um, every every teacher knows that. Um, but um, yeah, I, so I started this business and um, and have gotten it going. How, did you immediately start posting on LinkedIn? Because I, I just recently found you on LinkedIn. Or was that something that you were doing like everybody else? Like I did. I used to post links and, you know, when I was looking mm -hmm. for a work or anything, but I never really used it like you and I use it now, which is really mm -hmm. like to develop relationships and that sort of thing. So how did you end up like posting on LinkedIn? Was it just... It's a great question. And it's a little bit murky because there was a transition from... Facebook to LinkedIn, the, sh the condensed version is that I just found LinkedIn so much more 
inviting and acceptable. We, we all know that everybody is there to do business in one way, shape or form. We're there to move people in terms of their ideas. We ask them to part with their resources, whether it's time or money. And LinkedIn was just, it, there was that assumption already there. I think that the, the thing that's really off-putting for me about Facebook is that my grandmother's on Facebook and I've got like, you know, they're posting pictures of family reunions and whatnot. And I just, I, I like to keep some of that stuff separate. And also I, like, I never know what people's intentions are necessarily on, on Facebook. So I just, I gravitated towards LinkedIn because I knew that everybody was here for business. I assume that mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm fine with, you know, with being pitched, you know, when people feel like they, they can pitch me, I think there's an etiquette there though. Um, but I do, I do understand that we're here to do business and that I find to be very comforting. Yeah. And for me, Facebook to me is like, if I, I lurk on Facebook, but I'm actually not, I, you know, I, I'm on there, but I, I'm, don't post not on just there. because it's like <laughs> everything you post is like somebody's going to start an argument and it's usually going to be political and it usually has nothing to do with the original thing you posted. And I just got so tired of it. And mm. the thing that I liked about LinkedIn, which was unexpected for me, I've been there for about two and a half years pretty steadily is the relationships that you can develop, which I never thought of LinkedIn as that kind of uh, forum. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can really meet people who are like, I find, People are, in general, they're very supportive. You know, on Facebook, if someone doesn't like what you say, they're going to say exactly what they want to say and not filter any of it. And LinkedIn, people are like, for the most part, like I said, kind and, you know, supportive and like, well, I disagree with you, but here's, you know, it's kind of like a, you can have a back and forth that's not like nasty, which. <laughs> you're, you're right. Yeah. And, that, I, and I don't totally understand it, but it's much more professional in that way too. Yeah. Like, yeah, totally agree. And so that brings us to like, so communities, um, that's sort of gotten to be your specialty on LinkedIn. So how did, tell me about like what you do in creating communities and how, how that works for you. Uh, this is something I feel like I've stumbled in more than anything else. Um, because when I, when I first got on LinkedIn, I was trying to write copy or, or content for people. And the way that I did it, which I think is a great way, I actually was talking to um, a copywriter I'm training. I was encouraging her to do this. It's like I began by writing. I, I started doing a little research. I found somebody who was who was um, had an event coming up, and then I wrote copy for that event and sent a message to him saying, "Hey, I'm trying out this new this new um, copywriting formula. I'd love to have your feedback on it. If you like it, go ahead and post it. You know, use it, whatever." And two things about that. One is it got me business really quickly because people are like, oh, I like this, but can you write this other thing for me? And what are your prices? And that was a way in for them. The other part of it was that it automatically set me up to deliver value first. And that's kind of the thing when it comes to developing communities is that you've got to be providing value for people. Like that's what you, that's what you're doing. First of all, it's providing some sort of valuable information for them. And from that that early stage of like content writing, it then moved to like a, a message strategy, and now I'm doing just like full LinkedIn LinkedIn marketing. I began to see how much more fun it was to engage with people sincerely, authentically, and not having to push necessarily like business stuff up front. Yes, we're on there for business. I'm not speaking out of two sides of my mouth, 
but I don't have to pitch people with every single post. In fact, I, I prefer only to do it about once a week saying, Hey, if you're interested in my services, you know, or, you know, whatever to contact me. But it really is a thing of focusing on delivering value to people and people feed off of that and they throw their ideas back to me and then I get to respond to them. And, and that's been, that's been one of the, you mentioned relationships. That's, that's what relationships look like. And it has been incredibly rewarding, both in people with people who don't fit my target audience and with people who do fit my target audience. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I always hear, you know, oh, you should, you know, comment on people who are your target audience and look them up. And f- mm. that has never really worked for me because mm. I find people who, okay, this would be a good person. And, you know, I look at, th- they never post or the mm. only thing they post is if it's a corporate event or it's, mm-hmm. you know, somebody yeah. just got hired or they're looking for help. And yeah. so I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to post on people that are fun. And so I just go through yeah. my, t- you know, the timeline and just look at who's saying what. And, and yeah, if it's somebody that has, that could be a potential client of mine, you know, and mm-hmm. I do, I will pay a little more attention and be sure to comment, but mm-hmm. it's not really, it just doesn't feel natural to me to just go on there and see who's saying, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost like being around the water cooler is how I compare it. You know, like I, I yeah. work at home for myself. Mm-hmm. So yeah. A lot of times it's the only interaction I have aside yeah. from going to the gym, you know, and, and so it's, yeah, it's mm-hmm. kind of, um, it's, a, I think it should be a mix, you know, of the mm-hmm. two professional and just people who, who you think yeah. are fun. So, yeah, well there, I think there's a, I think there's a, um, a latent point too, with what you're saying. And that is if you're relying entirely on your content to bring in your business, you feel like you do have to pitch like every single time, but if your business is coming in from in different ways on LinkedIn than just your copy, you can relax a little bit and you can have, I think, more fun with, right. with what you're, with what you're doing. And so that was, that was a huge freedom that I realized kind of at the beginning of this past summer is that setting up a different construct for working LinkedIn meant that I could also have more fun with the content that I was writing for LinkedIn too. That was a massive, massive step for me this year. Yeah. Cause I love when you post the things about like you post personal stuff as well. Not like highly personal, like you're baking, you know, you bake things and, and, you know, you make these fun Sundays comments. only on Sundays. Do I put <laughs> oh, is that Sunday is the baking day? <laughs> well, Sunday is the um, post, whatever the hell you want. It's like Sunday, Sean day kind of that's what I, I've been doing that too. Like just on, uh, do you find that like you get a lot of engagement on Sunday? Cause I find there's a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. There's people waking up late and they kind of want to just see what others are up to. It's, it's been really strange. I've gotten some of my, my bigger, you know, sense of engagement on Sundays. Yeah, me too. And I, it's yeah. something I've been trying to do. I, I try to post something that's kind of personal, but yet business related. Like last Sunday, mm-hmm. I posted about a time I was interviewed by uh, the Associated Press for an article that never saw the light of day. Mm-hmm. And so it was just mm-hmm. the picture of the only picture I have of that interview. I was so excited about yeah. it. And even people, and this is when I was writing a ton of content for magazines. And, um, you know, it's a great my, post, by the way, I really enjoyed it. So. Oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah, it was just, I hesitated about posting it just because I, I never know how people are going to take things, you know, but mm-hmm. I thought, okay, it's Sunday. Cause I think that's when I posted it. I'm just going to 
put it up there. But I want it, I always make sure that it has some kind of a business slant. Yeah. If it's too hard of a segue to push, then I, I won't post it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that was, it was a tough thing. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, people I knew in the business were like, you are, you're going to be you know, interviewed by the AP. You're going to be all over. They're going to take, you know, put that out in the wire. You're going to, and it, people who were very well known were telling me that was like, this is it. You're, you're going to be taking off. Mm-hmm. Nothing ha- came of it. And it was like, and I don't yeah. think I really dwelled on it for too long. I think there's a part of me that kind of thought, I don't know if this is going to be that exciting, you know, but I was hoping it was. Yeah. But do you, do you have keys to making LinkedIn work? So you talked about value. What other things do you think are important? The thing that I've been, I guess, using most prominently in, in the past number of half a year or so has been not, not relying on my content only for the way that I'm building the community. That's been, that's been a pretty big deal that, Really making what I see to be the three, the three legs of the LinkedIn stool, so to speak, that hold mm-hmm. it up. And that's uh, the networking side, like actual connection requests and engagement and content, having those three things working together. So you're bringing new people into your community, um, both through who you just, who you target at with connections and then also who you engage with. And that needs to be a mix of people who are doing similar things to you and also people who are in your target audience. I don't think that, it, like we were talking earlier, just having only your target audience is helpful. I think a lot of, like a lot of copywriters and content writers are really vital for me growing my community and bringing in some target audience because they bring pretty large followings with them too. And people are paying attention to what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that you say that because I used to feel like competitive with other copywriters, you mm-hmm. know, and everyone's like, oh, you need to, you know, link in and be, you know, associate with other copywriters because you never know when you can help each other out. And yeah. I'm just such a competitive person that I thought, how can that be, you know? Yeah. And then what's interesting, <laughs> we were talking about rock music before. There's um, the lead singer of Godsmack. Um, he has a podcast channel where he interviews other lead singers of other hard rock bands. And oh, if wow. there's any yeah. group of people that I thought yeah. would be competitive, yeah. it would be them, you know? Yeah. And, but I'm also one of these people that I do my research with who these people are. Like the lead singer's name is Sully Erna. And he's he's actually a really good guy. Like he raises money for mental health awareness. And he's mm. a big proponent of anti-bullying. And, you know, you wouldn't think. I mean, this guy gets on stage and, you know, it, it's mm. crazy. But so he interviews other rock stars. And it's surprisingly surprising to me how they're just real people. Mm. They're just Yep. They're a, uh, that's their character. That's their entertaining, but they're not like that all the time, you know, when they're on stage. Yeah. And so, and it's like with copywriters, there are, I mean, people are mostly helpful when you, you know, have a question about how to do something and maybe they've experienced it or they're, they're not in your mm-hmm. niche and they refer people to you who are, mm-hmm. and, you know, that is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I think we need to look at it similar to, what the like the restaurant industry um, does you know if if a restaurant is kind of by itself on a strip it it doesn't get near as much business as if there's a restaurant like on the same block or right up from it because it because it brings more people to the place and sometimes they're just going to choose 
your restaurant over over the other restaurant um and talking with copywriters um or other people in your in your uh, your industry is really vital to being not only to pushing the progress but also just attracting more more attention and more people to it and then they find you know oh i like this person's personality which is is i think one of the big things that content needs to do is besides providing value which is number one is also you know give people a pretty good feel of what your personality is like um, what it would be like to work with you yeah someone had posted on linkedin about how um, we underestimate it when you're working with someone who's easy to work with how important that is mm-hmm. and i i said i responded in the comments that i've been told by a, a couple of clients that are very easy to work with mm-hmm. and that I never thought that that was such a important um, mm. personality trait, but apparently it is because there yeah. must be a lot of like people's skills go a long way. Yeah, no, I'm not surprised at all that they would say that about you too. But the... oh well, thanks. Yeah, I mean, even though I tease you about you like, Taylor Swift. Yeah, you, you need to check out Taylor Swift. She's quite the person. <laughs> you know, a part of it is with her, and it's nothing to do with her personally. It's that I, I like to go against the grain, and when uh, the whole crowd is going with one way. I've yeah. always been kind of the rebel. Like, I'm not yeah. doing it. I'm not going yeah. for it. So I yeah. think that's part, part of my problem. Yeah. So put your weapons down. Just join the, join the crowd on this one. <laughs> put your weapons down. <laughs> put down your gladiator shield and just join us. <laughs> All right. <laughs> do yeah. you have a, a message strategy? Like, do you plan out what you post? Like, what's your strategy? Do you have one? Yeah, I mean, I do. Um, my my message strategy is pretty simple. I have um, set content pillars, and these these do change. Like I, I recently, was it about a month ago, I switched them up um, just because I felt like some of them were overlapping a little bit, and I wanted to kind of reconfigure them. And my my business had changed a little bit, so um, I have content pillars, and then I create writing prompts based on those content pillars using chat. I plot them out over the next, you know, however many months. I normally do six months at a time. You don't have to do that long, but um, they're just there to prompt me with an idea. And I have found that really helpful because um, generally the the week before, like on the Friday, I'll go in, um, make notes on what I want to write for each one, type them up. I get them all typed up within, you know, about, um, and I'm not using chat to write for me, but I, it takes me about an hour and a half to two hours to type everything, just to draft everything. And then I kind of let them sit. And then so when Monday comes along, I've got Mondays ready to go, at least a rough draft of it. I brush it up some and post it, usually with a selfie. <laughs> and because that's part of the personal branding thing. And um, yeah. and I've got the week to go, though. So, you know, I'm not spending, I'm not spending you know, two or three hours on one post, which I just think is completely ridiculous. I've been trying to do that and I'm it's so funny because I just literally this morning was online looking at a planner for people with ADHD. Now I do not, I've never been diagnosed, but I have such a hard time focusing and planning Mm -hmm. things when I do it. It's great. It's like, Mm -hmm. wow, I have all these ideas already and you know, I I know where I'm going. Um, But then I changed my mind. Like, I don't want to talk about that. I mean, do you yeah. get that? Do you get to that day or, or do yeah. you not get specific on a day where, where what you're going to post? Oh, no. I mean, that happens occasionally. 
It does happen occasionally. There was one, there was one that came up recently. It was like, I just can't post this today, you know, but that's the, that's the anomaly. You know, I mean, usually I can, you know, with what I've written, it's very much focused on things I'm interested in my business and sharing that, you know, I'm able to, I'm able to say, yeah, I like, I can work with this, you know, that was really probably out of the last three months there. It only happened about one time where I was like, no, I can't post this one today. I'm going to wait until next week or just push it back a little bit. And I found a place for it then the following week, you know, but I had to just come up with something else that one day. And do you alternate doing, do you do carousels? I don't think I've seen you post carousels. I've not. No, um, that's a good question. I, I don't do carousels. If you have a further question about carousels, I'm not against them. I like them, but I just, I personally have chosen not to do them. Okay. No, it just, um, they do take time. I mean, each mm -hmm. one that I do, like the one I posted today is a repurposed one. I freshened it up a little bit. Um, but to go through and I, I would spend a couple hours on a Sunday, like I'll just do one a week. Yeah. Um, but they're time consuming, but they do seem to get a lot of attention. But I'm just wondering mm -hmm. too, how long is that going to last? Because polls were really big last year. You know, mm -hmm. everyone was posting a poll and getting tens of thousands of you know, views. And now yeah. no one does. So so mm -hmm. most of your posts, so it's a selfie and a text. Is that pretty much your format? That's the that's the dominant one. The other one, I haven't done one of these for a little while, but I, I've done video posts. There was a while where I was doing almost one every single day to accompany the text-based post. I was I'm following some of the the popular content creators say, you know, don't choose more than like two or three media for the posts that you produce. And so I, I generally go with with text, video, and like a live, uh, like a live audio event, which we have one coming up this Thursday. So there's yeah. that. Yeah. Well, it's uh, this, yeah, this is going to probably post next week. So it'll be past that. But yeah, yeah, you've been doing more of those though. This isn't the first one you've, you've done, right? The audio event. No, it's, it's not. Um, we've only, we've only done a couple, but we do have um, about three or four more planned out that we're, that we're excited to do. And it's the same group of people that you do, Hannah and Adriana. Yeah, Hannah, Hannah Jabra and Adriana Tika. Um, they're the two that that we get together and talk, and, and we really are. I mean, we saw it was Hannah's idea um, to to have an audio event, and then in the conversations, like you know, we've got this amazing foundation of Adriana's newsletter. Let's talk about the things she brings up in the newsletter, and then. What was nice is that everybody else had seen it and people are much more likely to chime in when they they could be part of it because they've read you know the content we're just kind of trying to go a little deeper with it so it's an easy peasy way to do an, an audio event yeah you know it's funny is i'm interviewing adriana tomorrow are you? <laughs> podcast. i didn't even know that you guys would did these things together it's just so funny oh, well yeah. she and i had yeah. a talk <laughs> she's she's great uh, there was we had a um incident where she had somebody um she posted something and i responded and there was somebody that posted a really nasty response like so nasty that i blocked them and i, I so she and i were chatting off you know in the yeah. dms about what's this guy's problem 
And <laughs> I, I ended up like I told her I, I was doing some, I'll, I'll go into like, you know, I'm a writer. I'm the research is like, I just do all that. So I went into yeah. his, you know, what he's usually posts and his DM. He was always, he was nasty to everybody. So I said, okay, it mm. wasn't just me. He hates everything. Mm. He hates every, the whole world. So I can kind of let it go on that <laughs> note. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I got to know her. Um, uh, just real quickly. So you talked about the three, what'd you call it, the three pillars, three legs? Of, uh, I, yeah, I say the three legs of the LinkedIn stool. I probably need to work on my metaphor a little bit. It works for now. Well, for now, um, it works. And can you talk a little bit about how can other people implement that? Like, what what do you do? What would you suggest that this is something that we follow that might help? Mm. Well, I, I mean, I found it to be quite effective in getting in getting work. Yeah. So connection requests basically you you create a message funnel connection requests. There's the initial one that goes out and you have follow-up messages. And you, you just need to know what you're directing people to in that way. And for me, it's, I want people to know who I am, who they're working with. And so I want to be in a face-to-face -face conversation with them doing something with what I do, which is, which is writing. So I have what are called dynamic sessions and that gets people, you know, working with me, you know, completely free. And I promise not to ever pitch them in that in that ceremony, but they get to see what it's like to, to work with them. So that's the networking or the connection side of things. And then the engagement side of it is making sure that you're, um, there are a couple of different types of people I think are really important for the engagement. One is industry leaders, others are target audience. And then the third part I think is bringing in some of those new connections that you try and making sure to engage with them outside of the DMs as well. So those are the three areas that I use for engaging. And then you've got the content piece of it too. The content is really that place where you're marketing yourself in terms of, or you're, you know, you're, you're selling yourself in terms of your personal brand and bringing connections in, attracting um, people to your, to your content. And then you have the content piece. Those three things need to be working together to um, effectively make, make uh, LinkedIn work as a business. You sound very organized. <laughs> you have like I like I'm a systems guy. I like systems. Like I like I like things that I know where I'm at in the system. And I use the map metaphor often because the map is always in relation to where I've been and where I'm going. And yeah, I like that. I like seeing all of that. And when I don't feel like I can see where I'm going, that's a that's a frustrating place for me. And I don't I feel like I'm always trying to catch up. Yeah. And um uh, I do like a system because it is a type of map. And um, if you call that organized, I guess I'm organized. Well, I didn't say it as a bad way. I mean, I'm just saying I need to get better <laughs> organized what I'm saying. I have right in front of me now, I have like three planners. I am always, I'm looking for like the ultimate planner. And the only one that works for me is one where I can scribble on one side and organize things on the other. If I time block, I find that it helps me. But focusing is like my biggest um, challenge. Mm. So mm. I envy people who are like, I have these three pillars and I have, you know, the schedule. And I'm like, I need to I need that gene. I, oh. <laughs> I, would, I mean, I would really look to exploit your superpower of, you, uh, of just being, did you say you have ADD or? I, I have not been diagnosed with it, but it's pretty yeah. obvious from everything yeah. I've read. I just have a really hard time like sticking with one yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think, I don't know. I, I think that there's some, some of the most, you know, powerful thinkers and writers have used that to their, 
to their advantage. You know, finding a, a, a system, a system is all about you know, working with what you've got and, yeah. and you finding like building that into it, I think is pretty, is, is always really, really important. And, um, I mean, you've also obviously got some incredible talent when it comes to thinking and writing. Um, just in the short time I've known you, I mean, you've demonstrated that personally to me. But then also looking at the archives of work that you've done, it's easy to see all of that. So you've got, you know, all of those materials. I think it'd be fun to look at how do you, what kind of system do you have already? And yeah. you know, are there things that you could just maybe be more aware of what your system is, so that you feel more in control of it? Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, the things that work for me is um, I use, is it called Air Story? It's um, a former copywriting coach of mine came up with this. She created a software for writers and mm -hmm. it's literally, you make these little note cards and you move them. It's a drop and you know, drag and drop into mm -hmm. columns. And that helps a lot, things like that. But I usually have like three or four things like that open at all times because I just, I have to, it's, but it, it does work for me. <laughs> so, yeah. And I always tell myself, I'm going to cancel some of the software that I'm not using. And then I never do. I just use it all. <laughs> I guess I'm using everything. <laughs> <laughs> you need, you need all of those tools at your disposal. It's hard to let go. I of. do. It, and yeah, I love, I, I think I have like this mental hoarders mentality where I have to have a lot of stuff around me all the yeah. time. Like when I find that like I just got on, I was I'm doing some clips on a podcast and it says, you have like 654 minutes. And I'm like, great. And like, I, I will never use a, a fraction of that, but I love knowing I have all of this available yeah. to me. And so I started throwing podcasts mm. in it to get clips and, you know, mm. that's me. Where can people find you? Obviously on LinkedIn, <laughs> right? Is there any yeah. other place that you hang out? Um, that's, let's just leave it at LinkedIn. Um, okay. All of my stuff is there in terms of my email address and, and whatnot. Um, uh, I, I'm enjoying keeping it to one platform right now. I know that eventually I will need to expand a bit. But for right now, that's where it is. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun, as I knew it would be. <laughs> thank you, Linda. And that is a wrap of today's episode. I hope you found some actionable advice that you can use to help you improve your copy conversions. And for even more copywriting exclusive tips, be sure to click the link in the show notes to sign up for my weekly newsletter so you don't miss a beat. And as always, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to leave a review. It really helps me out. Talk again soon.